Good evening, everybody. My name is Ultimate DJs. Welcome uh, to this Sunday evening. Probably the latest we have ever started a podcast. I, I'm sorry. Uh, been a crazy day. Been a crazy weekend. We got a lot going on. And, uh, and it is late. Uh, after the 9 o'clock hour here on the East Coast, putting it after the 3 a.m. hour in the European Union, uh, Mr. Ripper, I don't believe, is going to make it tonight. He should be sleeping. If he is, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spank him, and I'm going to put him back to bed with a warm bottle of milk. Um, good. <laughs> sounded totally inappropriate. Uh, anyway, cut that, Steven Tarrant. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. Uh, welcome in, everybody. <laughs> this is Snake Eyes. Even Snake Eyes is like, wow, man. Here's the line. Here's DJs. Like three steps over it. Uh, welcome in to the show. Appreciate everybody being here for this Talking in Cars with DJs. No time for a studio show today as we are on the road. On the road again. And uh, as I was telling uh, some of the folks in Fluffer Time, just it's been a, a crazy day. I had to work today, but then also today's the day that I'm bringing the boys back up to uh, to meet with their mother because they're going back. Football practice starts. High school football. D- does anybody remember when their kids, if, if your kids are grown, anybody remember when your kids started their first high school football practice if, if they played? This has been such a rude awakening to me, Stevens, Aaron, because uh, they've always played for like a middle school team or something, you know, not quite maybe as competitive or as serious. So school starts like, you know, at the end of August and, you know, football's practice starts like a week before. Dang on, they're starting a month early. <laughs> so our summer got got sh- uh, cut short by an entire month as they head to football practice so it's been a bittersweet day we've had a great summer with uh, with our boys but now it's back to reality uh there goes rabbit again he choked shout out eminem uh the boys headed back to start their football practice so our summertime is over a nice big blowout our final blowout of the summer uh so we, we had some nice steak and some baked taters and um and now we are on the road. So, and then I got a flat tire. Boo. Uh, anywho, uh, welcome in everybody. Tonight we are going to uh, do some education. We're going to talk about um, research and services and buffs. Uh, services from territories, buffs from the um, ship customizations, like the skins and the refits and this and that, the projectiles. We're going to talk a little bit about this. There's been a lot of question I've had here lately about how things get stacked up. Uh, So we'll spend a little bit of time on this. I don't know that we're going to spend a ton of time on it because this is, uh, for the most part, uh, relatively general knowledge for most of the veteran players. So for the players who are newer to the game, this is going to be a great uh, episode for you to have a chance to kind of familiarize yourself with a little bit of Scopely math. Uh, and how your bonuses get uh, affected. Even this past week, I got a PM that said, you know, hey, I just activated this prime and and my stuff didn't double. Well, no, sadly it doesn't. It doesn't double because the math is is different. It's a scopely math. It is actually a type of math that is used uh, around gaming uh, in a lot of gaming industries. As a matter of fact, there's not very many games at all that do deal in absolute net benefits, uh, at least as far as their their buffs go and their bonuses and their researches. So we'll talk a little bit about that this evening. Um, also, of course, we do have a couple of hints that we're going to give you, and, uh, and then we'll just kind of open it up for a little bit of general conversation. 
because I have had some really interesting conversations over the last few days with some players regarding uh, free-to-play, regarding freemium. Uh, I even saw you guys having a conversation earlier this afternoon and uh, about primes and whether or not they should be free or whether they should be grindable. And, and so I... Uh, <laughs> I, I was even tagged in something, and I thought, you know, no, we'll just hang on to it for a little bit. Uh, a little bit. Shout out, Sitting Bull. Uh, saw that, and and of course, you know, he he differs from my opinion, and that's what he was talking about in the chat. As uh, as I do, you know, I, I do kind of have the position that that he was speaking about, at least initially, uh, which is the same position that I've got for almost any uh, pay to acquire item in this game. So let me start with the most un unpopular position that I could possibly take tonight, which uh, was uh, a comment that I uh, read earlier today it was actually uh, crazy enough uh, in the official discord. And uh, the comment was this never ending leaderboard events and lack of solo milestone events that source items that are the most useful in the game are wearing me down. It decreases my desire to play and uh, my time in-game. Now, on the surface, of course, I, I, I agree with that. I think that this game has too many, too many acquisition problems, okay? There's too many acquisition problems. I feel that Scopely has not made a strong enough effort to lay out progressive paths. And we've talked about this a gazillion times. It doesn't need to be hashed out again here today. Scopely has a serious, serious problem in their sourcing and how they are trying to get things back into the game. So I agree with that. That said, I do, uh, I, I do find validity in the premium access for certain items. For example, we go back. Let's talk about one specifically, the, the reason that this comment came up today was the Stella skin, the Stella skin. So crazy enough, this complaint was around the Stella skin and the fact that this was uh, a leaderboard event. All right. And granted, 48 hours is a long time. It's a lot of armadas. Uh, but one would argue that this has been a solid since day one or rather maybe since day 31. All right. Since day 31 uh, of the Stella skin being introduced, there has been an actual plan in the game. All right. They said it during that arc. Stella skins are going to come with Apex. Bubba Joe, that was a phenomenal, phenomenal announcement because that kind of thing never happens. All right. That kind of thing never happens. Scopely never comes out and says, hey, guys, we're going to do this. And this is how you're going to get this item. That doesn't happen. So. The, con the conversation for me today, Bubba, was a more difficult one for me to have because the one thing that this player decided that he wanted to complain about today was the Stella skin and the sourcing and the fact that it's stuck behind a leaderboard. And, and I had some, he, he wanted it in a solo milestone. Bubba, I had a little bit of problem with that just simply because, golly, it's been the most reliable acquisition plan I think that Scopely has ever put out regarding well, anything new and not only that but they made it so that 
once you have the skin, you're not in the leaderboard anymore. So you're no longer getting bumped out by people that have the skin. It's always a shrinking leaderboard. So this is one of the best acquisitions they've ever rolled out. I, I agree. That was one of my comments today was that, you know, each time that this runs, I feel like that the competition should probably taper down just a little bit. You know, uh, I mean, you know, it's still bracketed. Uh, and every single time this runs, more people are unlocking the skim. Uh, now, <laughs> Herc says, see, Herc's busting on me. When in doubt, support Scopely. You'll never go wrong. See, I, I disagree with that. Okay? I disagree with that. There's a lot of things that I do disagree with Scopely on. This isn't one of them. You know? Uh, another one that, that came up throughout the course of this conversation today was uh, primes. And I know that primes are are a hot topic of conversation, but I have always kind of felt that the primes being isolated, the primes being separated, and the primes being sold separately, so to speak, was kind of message and indicator, like, right, right up front, you know, that this was a pay item. Now, the original primes in the game took a really, really long time. Like, if you go way, way back, way, way back, in the very beginning of the combat tree, there were a couple of primes there that took what, Bubba? I think three-star uncommon. Three-star uncommon was, was like the earliest ones, like the original yeah, $20 primes. Uh, yeah, that, that was the original ones, yep. And, and so, but you got to remember, three-star material did not become available to players until Ops 20, okay? And, you know, I know that sounds crazy, and this is going to sound crazy to somebody new, but back then... Ops 20 was six months, okay? Even for spenders, it was months, okay? Months and months and months. So primes were not grindable, really, at that time, all right? It took months and months and months. And those primes weren't even really, like, great at that particular point. I mean, obviously, you wanted to get them unlocked eventually. Then you had your three-star primes, all right? And these primes had to be paid for. And wasn't until they introduced the scrapyard almost, almost two years into the game, right? Well, no, not quite. Bubba, scrapyard came out in, what, fourth quarter of 19? I think, didn't that come out when? It was like two or three months after the jellyfish, right? Yeah, yeah. jellyfish was November of 19. And I was thinking that the scrapyard was a couple of months after that. All right, so let's call it 18 months into the game. 18 months into the game before there was even a path, a path, a free path, that is, at getting earlier primes, okay? As a matter of fact, some players still face this today. Uh, that's why the, the rare gas thing here about five, six months ago was such a huge ordeal because those materials are unobtainable for the player who's looking for, say, prime officers. So that being said, that prime was a huge to-do at that particular you know, stage, that particular battle pass. And, and only players who were in, let's see, Scrapyard had to be, I think, 35 or 36 in order to scrap a level 26 ship, which was the only ship that was going to give you those materials. So primes for free or primes that are grindable have always been forever and a day coming. All right. So when Territory Capture came out, there's three new primes in there. 
people are talking about those primes. Should they be available? Should they be grindable? Yeah, I yes, I do think that they should be, but not yet. You know, not yet. Those particular primes, and, and you know, listen, there's a lot of things. Bubba, I think you said it on the last show. There's a lot of things that payers are okay with losing value with, I think, as time goes on. I mean, you know, as a payer, your early access, you're getting the stuff first, you're getting the benefit of things first, but it's not going to be pay forever. I got, I take you guys back to the enterprise, okay? The G3 Epic, before G4 was even out, the guys that had G3 Epics, they knew, they knew that it couldn't be that expensive forever, all right? It was eventually going to come around that other players were going to have to we're going to have to get to it. All right. So the same goes, the same thing goes for these primes. Okay. I do think that the path with primes, although it's a short history per se, I think the path with primes has kind of been established. You're going to be a year or a year and a half. All right. Before those primes are going to present themselves with a, with a grindable path. Me personally, I don't have a problem with that. I really don't because those primes were paid for for a specific purpose. And and it's going to take a little bit of time for Scopely to roll those out for the entire rest of the galaxy. Otherwise, selling a prime that you're going to make grindable in a month doesn't. I mean, I, I've said this a lot, Bubba, one of the biggest conversations that I have, and we'll get into research here in a minute because it's it's pertinent. One of the biggest gripes that I do see frequently, and I get it, by the way, I totally get it. I feel it every single day. But one of the biggest gripes is every single time a pack is purchased, Bubba, tell me you haven't heard this one. Every single time a pack is purchased, it widens the gap. It widens the chasm between free-to-play and spenders. How, how many times have we, have we seen that discussion? Or has somebody had that argument? Uh, or you've witnessed that conversation? Every single time somebody <laughs> buys a pack, they're widening it's the gap. It's got to be daily. It's got to be daily. Like it, it, oh, there's and 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 it's a re, it's an argument that makes sense, right? Because you know I, I am instantaneously jumping my resources ahead when I buy a pack that's a free to play doesn't have the access to, right? So it does widen that gap. How much it widens that gap is, I think, worthy of debate. But it's you know is is it really unbalancing the game if I as a at whatever ops I am, and I'm a 50, but let's say I was an ops 42 and we're comparing me to a free to play 36. Is one pack at 42 really widening that gap any more than it already was? I mean, it is a little bit, but how much is it really widening that gap? Well, so that actually is a really good point of conversation because you haven't just bought one pack, right? You ha- you've bought dozens of packs, maybe hundreds of packs. And, and a free-to-play has, has bought zero. So every single time you buy that pack, the, the gap gets wider. And I don't disagree with that a, as far as a factual pers- perspective goes. But here's the problem, guys. And this is what I, I, I said today. This is one of the conversations I had just today. You can't it's, – it's impossible not to widen that gap in, in some form or fashion because the packs have to have value. Otherwise, people aren't going to buy them. If they have value, then they're, they're providing that player with some sort of benefit by acquiring that pack, by, by buying those materials. So if the packs didn't have value, if they didn't widen the gap, nobody would buy them. 
And at the end of the day, you have to sell packs in this game. I mean, you, you have to. There's no way that this game and this company and this team and, and these employees and their families' livelihoods and this and that, there's no way that it's sustainable unless you're making revenue. Okay? So I, I understand. I, I think this is one of the, of the largest disconnects, I believe, between, between pack buyers or spenders and free-to-play. The free-to-play feel victimized in some, in some degrees. And, and they don't understand that, that sometimes things just have to be that way. There has to be value. Anyway, the long and short of it is going to lead into the research uh, that I'm talking about here today. And uh, most specifically, primes. That was what we were going to talk. That was, that was going to be my lead off. We'll talk about some other stuff, Bubba. But uh, primes um, and specifically the projectiles uh, were a few things that I wanted to talk about today because they are basically... All research, okay? They're all research. So um, now, Cheapo says there are many, many ways of monetization. This game has the worst gap creation with packs. And see, Cheapo, again, I don't necessarily disagree with the actual factual position that there are gaps created when people buy packs. The problem is, is that this game targets a different kind of audience than maybe the kind of game that sells vanities, vanity items. I mean, for example, I look at my kids. They're playing, you know, Fortnite, or now they're playing COD. Um, uh, Noah just bought a game called Subnautica, which, by the way, looks really kind of cool. I don't know. It's kind of cheesy, but he likes it. Um, and there's stuff to buy. But everything that they buy doesn't do anything, Bubba. It does nothing. Whatever they buy, it's to make it look cool, right? Everything that they buy looks cool. Now, we are a different consumer. We're a different consumer. We are looking for utility. We're not 15 years old, guys, okay? We're not. And you're right, Zvannon. That game does not become unbalanced. But let me ask you a question. We've talked about the demographics. We've talked about the demographics of this game. We, we know that Scopely, desi- uh, uh, Scopely says that the primary demographic is 35 to 44. I think that we have found, especially amongst our community, that the average demographic is probably 45 to 54. Probably. All right. 45 to 54. 45 to 54. Are these players going to care that their ship is yellow instead of red? or orange instead of green. Bubba, if only if the only money you could spend in this game just made your stuff look different, will you have spent the presumably thousands of dollars that you've spent on this game? Absolutely not. No! <laughs> if, the only thing, if the only thing you could buy in this game was avatars and frames, I wouldn't have spent a penny. Because that's not what we care about. And again, please don't get this twisted. I'm not defending Scopely's monetization. I do, I do agree that it's very heavy. Every $100 pack in the game, in my opinion, should be 20 bucks. Okay? Like, I, I really do feel that way. All right? I know that this game makes far more money, and they would probably lose revenue by doing it any other way. I fully understand that. But, man, it's an expensive game. And I personally feel like $20 is okay to spend on, on a pack. $100, 
I've never, I've never, I've told you guys this before. I've never come into a game, a video game, and spent $100 on anything ever. All right. So whatever Scopely has, whatever catnip is embedded into the code of this game, it freaking works because I spend money on this game unlike anything I've ever, ever done in any other type of product or any other type of entertainment. That being said, I agree. The monetization is heavy. I'd love to see it lowered. But why are they going to change anything? Because this one works. All right. So that being said, let's talk about why it works. Let's talk about why it works, Bubba. Why does it work? Because our consumer base, the demographic of this game, wants to pay to be better. All right. They don't care about the color of their ship. They don't care about the vanity items. They want to pay to do something. Enter in primes. Enter in skins. Enter in refits and projectiles and research. That's what this game markets to. That's what the, the players of this game want. All right? and, it's, and it's crazy all right, that we do spend what we spend. I mean, Bubba, have you ever spent the kind of money that you spend on this game in any other form of, of video game entertainment ever before in your life? Because I know I sure haven't. I mean, it, it makes me sick. Video game, no. But uh, I was really heavy into Magic the Gathering for quite a few years. And that would be more than this. That is another expensive game. So funny enough, you mentioned Magic the Gathering. Do you guys remember, this has probably been, this has probably been 25 years ago, maybe 30 years ago, when I was in high school, there was, uh, so not, not quite, 20, 25 years ago, uh, there was a game. It was actually a Star Trek The Next Generation card game. You guys remember that card game? It was just like Magic. It was, you know, you had decks, you collected the cards, um, you know, you would play with your friends, but it was Star Trek The Next Generation. And they had thousands of cards. You could buy the packs. You could, you know, collect the cards. As a matter of fact, who remembers? Who remembers a couple of the best cards in that game? Let's just throw a little nostalgia on you, Bubba. Did you ever play the Star Trek Next Generation? Red Alert. Red Alert was great. Red Alert was the best card. Was, I, you know what? I never had that card. So maybe it, maybe it was one of the best cards. I know I never had that one. What I did have was Lacutus. Lacutus was a bad card, man. And if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there also a board cube that was a ridiculously good card? Okay. I, Joker says Red Alert was a common. See, I don't, rem, I don't know if I remember Red Alert. What sticks out in my head was Lacutus, and, uh, and the board cube stuck out in my head, too. <clears throat> so, but, but those so were. It, it, Red Alert was, was not an expensive card, but it was the, one of the best cards in the game. And the way you can tell is that every set that came after the first set, they had to make cards that either canceled Red Alert or suspended Red Alert or destroyed Red Alert or was immune to Red Alert because Red Alert changed the game from being play one, draw one to play as many cards as you want. And it breaks the game mechanics. <laughs> and See, so that was why it was one of the best cards in the game. You remember way more of this than I do. Crazy enough, if I went through my garage somewhere, I probably still have some of these cards. But uh, I don't remember anything, you know, about it like like you're talking about. But yeah, there was a card game, and I probably spent some money on that game too. I had a lot of cards. 
But again, it's uh, you're talking about you know magic. You're talking about Star Trek. Uh, now we're talking this game. These things people pay for because it makes them better. Because it's it's our, our clientele. Listen, I couldn't have said that the primary demographic was 45 to 54 back when we were in high school, Bubba. Yet players like you and I still spent money for utility. We spent money for cards that let us win. It it is crazy to me. If I really wanted to get super philosophical, all right. It kind of speaks to our desires as a generation, Bubba. You know, like my kids who do, I guess, maybe have a sense of competition. Okay, I'm not saying that they don't. But our, you know, my kids' generation is more of, a, more of a participation trophy generation, if you will. All right. But it, we had to work for them damn trophies. Every trophy hanging in our in our bedroom wall or on our shelf or in our in our trophy case, buddy, every one of those trophies has a blood, sweat, and tears story behind it. All right. So maybe if you if you look at it from that perspective, Bubba, we are players who need utility, who need the benefit if we're gonna spend, all right, who need it to give us something. All right. Now the, the, the methodology in this game is lacking in, in several key areas. Long-term sourcing definitely being amongst those. But for a few things, a few, they've gotten some things somewhat right. Let's go back two years. All right, let's talk about sourcing of the G3 epics. I remember, Bubba, a time when we talked about how a G3 epic could never be maxed. You could only max the G3 Epic if you spent thousands of dollars, all right? And now free-to-plays have maxed enterprises, right? The economy has changed. It's probably slower than what we would want it to be, but it's kind of exactly what Scopely wanted to happen. They it's definitely set up, though. It's, it's faster today than it used to be, but it's still slower than what players want. All right. So we have the conversation today, you know, and it's interesting to me that player didn't didn't bring up the terror skin, Bubba. I mean, golly, I want the terror skin. I want the Vidar skin more than the terror skin. I want the Vidar skin. All right. You guys know I'm very active in so, horror. Give me a give me a path to that skin. <laughs> so uh, before before this arc launch, DJ, um, I had I had all the skins except for the Vidar and it was killing me that I didn't have the Vidar skin. And then the G4 minor skins came out, and I no longer have my FOMO about needing to have all of the skins because I'm never buying those G4 minor skins, not unless they add a zero to the mining rate for those car- those those skins. I thought so you, I no longer I have this burning it. desire you to didn't have buy all it? the skins. I thought you no. bought it. Oh, no. okay. I thought you did. I, I allowed I allowed other friends who have excess money and they could show me how it worked and how it didn't work and that's how I I did not buy them at all. I was I steered clear of those. I that just did, had no value to me. You better off just having the G4 miner to mine that specific one. Oh yeah. El Cheapo says what free to play has a max epic. Oh, they exist. Cheapo that there there's not a ton of them, okay? But they do exist. As a matter of fact, uh, Rev did an interview. Uh, this has probably been about five or six months ago. So think about the economy six months ago. And the guy had maxed his epic and built a jelly. 
He was ops 41. He had never spent a dime on this game. Not even Battle Pass. Dekix, a great wonder. All right, was it Dekix? Are you yeah. the guy that you're the guy that he interviewed? No, that was Dekix. I'm not. I'm not Dekix. Oh, so well, Dekix is in this chat. Oh my God, Dekix! I didn't know that was you. Look at his look at his name right here, El Cheapo. Free to play. Ops forty four. Free to play. And Dekix, do you actually? Okay, he says I don't have an Epic G three Max. Okay, my apologies then. Nonetheless, nonetheless, players have their epics. They're decently tiered. But he's an Ops 44, for sakes, people. <laughs> okay, so it can be done. It can be done. I believe Dekix has made this into, you know, a serious responsibility. I've seen his notebooks. Right? He's got notebooks upon notebooks upon notebooks full of calculations and math and planning. I mean, he does take it very seriously. That said, 44 is the extreme. He's probably, I'm going to hazard a guess, Dekix, you're probably the highest free-to-play in the entire galaxy. That's not to say that there aren't free-to-play 40s and 41s or 39s. Okay? Dekix, just out of curiosity, if you don't care me asking, what is your tier of Epic now? Okay? Look, El Cheapo says we have an Ops 41 free-to-play. Well, Cheapo, you were just you were asking me about it. <laughs> you were the one. Okay. Looky there. Van Tan, a free-to-play Ops 39. And guys, let me be clear. I agree. I agree that you should have a path at content that is considered premium. You will never hear me say otherwise. I do not believe that anything should be paywalled forever. I don't. All right. But there are things that have to present value to players for at least a uh, X period of time before they're made grindable. And with the primes, I feel like that path has been at least partially introduced. All right. The, the primes, the earliest primes took a year, maybe 10 months. The next set of primes, I mean, we're three years into this game and there's a generation of players still grinding out prime officers. How are they doing it? by pushing to Ops 35 and scrapping a level 26 ship. Right. Well, they did They did have that one uh, FUPA earlier where you could get the Prime Officers, too. Well, that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. That's what that I'm talking awesome. about. That was awesome. And it never. It, it was a mistake. Scope didn't want that. All right? Nonetheless, because it was ahead of their schedule. Nonetheless, nonetheless, there are Primes now that are presented not only in territory research, but in the away team's research. And I'm here to tell you, the players that are that are asking for those things to be grindable, you know, now you're dreaming. It's not going to happen. Okay, pipe dream. That said, well, of, and- of all the sourcing problems, the Stella skin isn't one of them. All right, of all the sourcing problems, the Stella skin is not one of those. The Stella skin has been out every thirty days. Uh, actually, technically, I guess every twenty-eight days. <laughs> Shout out to whoever figured that calendar thingy out uh every 28 days stella skin becomes available and every 28 days the pool gets smaller it gets smaller i've been running it with my alliance today of course i've got the skin i'm not in the leaderboard uh and i'm trying to to help i bet you there's probably seven or eight players in my alliance who are going to unlock the skin tomorrow or the next day whenever the event is over and that's eight more players in that bracket 
that will be removed from eligibility next time it runs. That pool is getting smaller. That pool is getting smaller every single time it runs. So that's not one that I've got a big problem with. But, you know, we look at ship skin shard trackers. We look at the terror skin. We look at the Vidar skin. We look at Lorca. We look at the TOS officers. Yes, I agree. We still got we still got some problems there, Bubba. We do. And we talk about it so, all the time. So, so DJ, so it, I think it's important, and I, and I know that, that – that, please don't let me a shell. I mean, if you do, that's fine. But <laughs> it's important to remember that nothing – is exclusive to pay to pay to play right that you know all of the primes you you may have to buy them to get to unlock them but it's not like you have to pay to unlock the g3 refinery or pay to unlock the g4 you have to level up an ops but you're not having to pay to unlock these features all of the primes are additional benefit on top of benefits you have here's a prime to add to your loot here's a prime to add to your borg refinery here's a prime to add to your regular refinery they're not hiding exclusive content they're just making the content that everyone has a little bit better and and some cases it's arguably how much better it is well that's true we talk about uh, so you know what that's a perfect segue let's talk a little bit about the researches that we wanted to, to start with tonight. And actually, you know what? I don't even want to start with researches. Let's start with uh, ship customizations, projectiles and skins, all right? The reason that we're, that we're talking about this tonight is because there's a lot of confusion about how these things are actually applied to your account. They are not, for example, taking a look at the G4 minor skin. It's not a 200% boost uh, to whatever number you see on your screen at this moment, all right? It's not a 200% you know, bonus. So you're not gonna you're not gonna triple your speed from what you are now. You're not even gonna double your speed. These research formulas are all completely additive to the bonuses already given in the game. You guys have heard me say this before. the The final product, all right, of your of your net calculation, what you see is your base value multiplied by one plus the sum of all bonuses. All right. Divine says it's a 200 boost to base. You got it. It's a 200% addition to all the other sums of bonuses. And then that is multiplied by the base. We've talked about the base figure of G3 mining. Let's take territory out. Let's take mining buffs out. Let's take all this stuff out. If you look at just a straight up G3 normal node that's not in any kind of buff system, it's 300 per hour. That's the base mining rate of normal G3 gas, 300 an hour, all right? So if you buy this skin, how much is it actually giving you? If you're mining on a normal node, how much is this skin actually going to improve your mining? 200% times 300. Nope, Jay says 6 trillion. Nope, it's actually just 600, all right? 600. And by the way, that's the bonus amount. So your 300 goes to 900. An increase of 600. Now, Gobble says that's bad. Well, that's how it works, people. <laughs> All right. The reason that you're mining 20 and 30 and 40,000 an hour is because of all the other research, all the other benefits, all the other bonuses, your ships and this and that. I mean, guys, there's thousands upon thousands of percent of bonuses in this game so bubba is drawing the attention to the g4 ship skins here a moment ago 
why he doesn't like them, why he doesn't want to buy them. Because you know what? It doesn't actually do much. Now, let me rephrase, because there is a piece of the mining formula. And if anybody uh, happens to have this handy, because I'm in the car, uh, we posted a couple slides here a few months ago. Maybe not even a few months ago, maybe a month and a half ago. Yeah, it was actually between the arcs last month, wasn't it? <laughs> Somebody throw up that slide with the mining speed of the Horizon or the Antares or the Cavord or any of those. All right. Because there is actually, thank you, there is actually one piece that I might have left out of this formula, Bubba. It's that the ship's mining, uh, mining ability, all right, the uh, mining bonus of the laser. That does actually get multiplied by base. So I guess that I probably misspoke. I probably misspoke because, Bubba, if you would, what tier is your Hydra? Let's just do a little bit of nerdy math here. Uh, tier 5. Tier 5. And if you don't care, take a look at your Mark V laser and tell me what the mining bonus is on it. I'm going to guess it's probably somewhere in the neighborhood of sixteen to 1,800% ballpark. Uh, give me a second. I have to go find it. 215%. No, the no. bonus or the mining rate? The, so go to, is your ship oh, in space? Mining bonus. Or, yeah, it is. I go. got it. Mining bonus, 2,050%. Oh, okay. I was a little bit short. 2,050%. All right. Now, I was a little bit unfair to that skin, wasn't I, Bubba? Gobbles, I apologize. I was a little bit unfair to that skin because with the Hydra's mining rate, you do actually take that 300 and you multiply it by that number, the Mark 5 or Mark 6 or Mark 9, whatever mining laser you have, whatever that mining bonus is for the mining laser. All right. You're going to multiply one plus that mining laser and multiply that by the base. So if he is mining G3 in, no, let's take that back. Let's say you're, because you're mining G4, it's a G4 miner. Let's say you're mining G4 in Hollis. All right, which is a dark space territory. If you're mining G4 in Hollis, the base rate is, guess what, everybody? Still 300. Right, Bubba? Still 300. All right. Now, his mining laser is 20, uh, 2,050%. So we're going to take that 300. We're going to multiply it. I'm going to pretend, just for easy math, because I am in the car, I'm going to pretend it's 2,000%. All right. Let's pretend it's 2,000%. That's easy math. We're going to multiply it by 20 all right, so we're going to take the 300, we're going to multiply it by 20, that is what, 6,000, 6,000. Now, now we get to apply that buff, 6,000 times 2, that's 12,000. That is the actual, that's, that's real, folks, that is the increase that that ship is going to, that that skin is going to give to Bubba Joe. Like that, by the way, that has nothing to do with any other research and anything else. If he used no research, no officers, no nothing, that skin is going to give 12,000. Okay, 12,000. That's it. So now, Bubba, you're mining with all your research and your officers. You're mining probably, I'm going to guess, depending on where you're mining, you're probably mining anywhere between 40 to 50,000 an hour. Is that about right? Probably higher, actually. Uh, 49,000 and change. Oh, dang on, man. My assumptions are spot on tonight. Let's call it 50, everybody. Let's call it 50. 
just again for easy math because I don't have a calculator. 50,000. Bubba Joe, that mining skin is going to give that ship the ability to mine at 62,000 an hour. Now, do you really not like that? Because 12,000, I mean, hey, 12,000 is right. Because it gives it to the other material. It doesn't increase my speed to mine gas at all. Ah, well, okay, fair enough. Good point, because you've got all your gas research and everything, yada, yada. But it's still improving the mining speed of something by 12,000. And by the way, it is 12,000. All right, 300 times 20 is 6,000, and then 6,000 times 2 is 12,000. That's the bonus, okay? That's the bonus is 12,000. So it's going to take his miner on or and improve it by 12,000 an hour. Now, just out of curiosity, Bubba, you had also mentioned here a moment ago that you have a 215% bonus because of the ship's ability, correct? That's what you said. That is because your ship is level 25, approximately. Correct. Two on, yep, yep. Woo! I am a walking computer tonight. 215%. So, Bubba, what they are actually offering you what they're actually offering you is to make your Hydra exactly the same as the Bacor. Is that worth $100 to you? So that assumes that I have no research boosting my mining rate, which if you go to the Galaxy Tree, you'll know is not correct. That, well, but that mine, so the only thing in the Galaxy Tree that you've got is that would impact that is faction pure or not faction pure faction uh, mining rate. All right. So if I take a look real yep. quick, the faction mining rate bonus is what doesn't it cap out at like 75% or is it a hundred? And what he's referring to folks. All right. And, and actually I I'm, I'm not meaning to, to steer Bubba down a road. Okay. I'm not. What we're doing is mathematically explaining buffs, all right? If I go into the galaxy tree right now, and the research that he's talking about is at the very end of the galaxy tree, it is called uh, Klingon Crystal Miner, Federation Gas Miner, or Romulan Ore Miner. And, Bubba, I presume it's 125%, and I presume you have that maxed, correct? All three, yes. All three, okay. So... If we take a look at this bonus now, which, by the way, is additive to his officers, additive to the skin, okay, additive to everything else. If we take that Hydra, that Hydra, just by the way, with the faction research now and your ship's ability, all right, your ship ability is 215%, your uh, faction uh, faction gas miner is 125. So now you are at 335% effectiveness on the Hydra. That is effectiveness that you would not have if you were mining ore with that ship. Agreed? 315%. Correct. Now, somebody help me with this, Matt. Let's assume 300%. Again, I'm, I, I have trouble in the car. 300%. That means with that ship and his mining laser that we just talked about, that is 18,000 an hour. We just did it. 200% was 12,000. All right. And the research at 300% would be 18,000 an hour. That's based on his mining laser. 
So, Bubba, if you mine gas with the Hydra, you can mine it 18,000 faster than the Bacor can mine gas. Agreed? I'm following you, you so far. If you put your Bacor with Tapring and the Tribble and Synergy or whatever else you want to, whatever officer set you want to use, if you put the Klingon miner on gas, the Hydra would mine it 18,000 faster, roughly. Okay? What this skin is offering you is to make up for 12,000 of that lost ground. Do you feel that $100 for that skin? And by the way, I'm not leading you. I know your answer, okay? That's what they're offering you, and that's what I wanted to draw attention to, folks, okay? This is the meaning of research in Bubba's case, and yours is easy to calculate. By the way, I might point out that Bubba's at 12,000 and 18,000, they're higher than yours. (laughs) I can promise you. For me, it's actually a lot less than that. All right, it's a lot less. Now, I don't have a G4 miner, so the skins don't matter to me anyway. But that is how it's calculated. So if the ship ability on gas and the Federation gas miner research on gas for that ship equal 300%, which is 315, but let's say 300, then this skin is offering you 200% to make up for it for 100 bucks. So, Bubba, we talked about this, and and we wanted to discuss, you know, an opportunity to break it down further than that. What does this skin do is that it actually makes it possible for your ship to almost be as good as another faction miner. Okay? Uh, Stevens, Aaron, I want to give you guys an opportunity to discuss this for a minute. I'm getting a phone call that I need to take, so I'm going to hop off here for a moment. You guys stick around here for a second, and we've got more to come. Bubba, you lead the conversation. We'll be back in a moment. All right. So I, I think now, and I, I'm going to tr- switch over here so I can read the chat too. Um, the uh, if I had a tier one or a tier uh, a tier one uh, level five uh, G four faction miner, and this skin was offered to me, it might be something worthwhile because actually at that point that miner is better at mining the other material than it is to start off at that material. So, and it's a big boost, right? It's starting off at a much bigger rate than you could start off with. Uh, Cause like I said, I'm just at 215 now at tier six. Um, I think there's, I, you know, if I had a brand new G4 miner, um, I think there's, you know, there's potential that someone could see value in it, but I'm, uh, you know, I'm telling you that the G4 miners are expensive and you really want them to get to warp 120, and that takes a bunch of tears, and the parts are hard to come by. So it's it's hard for me to justify the cost of the G4 miners. But just purely in terms of mining rate, there's something to be said if you have a low-tier G4 miner, and you want to get to faster rates, the skins may help you do that faster than tearing up the ship. Um, well, you, you might also be able to go with that miner with the skin to a 120 system and be able to mine the other uh, gas or, or crystal that you actually need. Right, exactly. So if you had, if you had the, um, and I'm super bad with names, you had the Vortivore and the Vortivore boosts, um, let's see, I think, let's see, Hydra does ore, Vortivore does crystal, Bachor does gas. Is that... Like, like I may have got those backwards, but yes, you're right. Uh, you could, crystal. 
Okay, so, but, uh, well, I mean, of the of the skins, of what the skins boost. Um, yeah. So, I, you know, maybe you're right. It, it, it gets you into that system, that warp 75, the warp 120, um, and it gets you into that system and it mines that material faster than even the faction miner. Sure, then I, you know, there's some benefit for that. But where I'm at with the bonuses I have access to, I look at that and go, yeah, this is really not more for me. Which really falls back to something that DJ was talking about in the last podcast that was, you know, this wasn't this last arc everything in this last arc really wasn't for the highest tier highest tier you know of players that are you know ops 46 plus maybe even 41 plus because you know the skins are really for people who are just getting to g4 might want to get that g4 minor we talked about how the meridian makes a lot of sense for lower tier uh or lower lower ops players uh more so than the players that already have like i can said my um, Hydra out, my Vortivore out, and mine Isogen. Yeah, it's not nearly as fast as the Meridian, but the protected cargo is huge, and my mining laser gives me a 2,000% bonus. I was able to get Isogen as much as I wanted with the miners I already had access to, but obviously I have miners that mine it much, much faster than the average player. So, considering that, yeah, you know, maybe it makes sense that the things that they've introduced are people that are trying to come up on these and trying to advance. Uh, much faster. So I, I think that that's, um, I think there definitely is, it, it, like almost every single thing in this game, the value is going to depend on your current progress in the game and what you have access to. Um, there was a discussion earlier, and I don't want to get too far away from the research, but there was a discussion earlier in the chat room talking about, you know, who is better, uh, Picard, uh, Crusher, or Pike Moreau? And he's like, I'm getting better results with Pike, or with uh, Picard Crusher. And everyone keeps telling me Pike Moreau. And it's like, well, if you're getting better results with Picard Crusher, keep using Picard Crusher. <laughs> Your mileage may vary. Your mileage may, you know, is going to be completely dependent on who you have below deck and what your tiers of those officers are. And, you know, so, you know, it, what the base stats, because, you know, one affects base stats and one is based on. So it's it's exactly exactly Joker. Your mileage may vary. It's it's completely dependent on what you have access to to determine um, what is best for you. So, um, yeah, but, but if yes, you also have the second, that, you know, if you have the second ahead. crew, you're also saving time as well too. If you want to multitask and do like two different things, yeah. So, <laughs> thank you, Bubba, for spotting me there for a second. Did you guys? Did you guys know that it was that it was illegal not to change lanes if there was law enforcement on the shoulder of the road? Depends on the yeah. state. You didn't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Getting, I was I wasn't getting a phone call. I was getting pulled over. Uh huh. Uh huh. Oh. No, you know what? Thankfully, thankfully, because of my jacked up tire, I wasn't speeding. And uh, and because I'm using my headset, I wasn't cited for being on my cell phone. I was just told that I didn't get over far enough. I mean, listen, I didn't change lanes. Like, you know, like I'll, I'll, I'll kind of squeak over into like the middle of the road or something like that, you know, just to kind of get away. That's common sense. You know, if somebody's changing a tire on the side of the road, you don't, you know, you don't drive like right up next to them. But I mean, I didn't turn on my signal and change lanes. That's apparently illegal. <sighs> Good God! I'm, this this is why I did, this is why I'm feeling like I'm feeling today, man. This whole day. At least that stop was quick. 
it was, it was quick. Well, funny enough, he actually was a cool guy. Uh, he came up, he asked for everything. And I said, why am I getting stopped? And he explained, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't know I had to like actually change lanes. I said, I just kind of swerved over. He was like, well, yeah, he was like, I noticed that too. So I could get you for failure to yield or for not <laughs> indicating your lane change. I'm like, oh my God. So I chuckle a little bit. Obviously I'm not in, you know, the state where my driver's license is at the moment. So, um, then he starts asking me questions about my car. He was like, you got any large amounts of U.S. currency? You have any drugs in here? Anything the dogs would lurt on? And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's going to search my car. I was like, no, I don't have anything like that. So he looks at my insurance, my registration, driver's license. Everything's, of course, good and valid. He says, all right. He's like, really, man, I just look for dope. He's like, so you have a nice night. Just let me go. Apparently he had a vehicle full of dogs, and that's what he's out doing. He's looking for drugs. Must so be close to the border. I'm not. I'm in freaking West Virginia. Like, right. I mean, there ain't no border. Oh, but, wow. State crazy. to state, then. I guess. I don't know. And, yeah, right. Wow. I mean, no, I didn't need to get legal with him, Jonathan Ingram. He was really a nice guy. But, I mean, I was kind of surprised by that. I didn't know that it was the law to actually change lanes, like formally change lanes. Uh, anyway. No, I wasn't going to put it on the show, Karkin, because I didn't know what was going to happen there for a minute. <laughs> so, you don't, I don't mess with stuff like that, okay? Uh, anywho. You're having a heck of a day, DJ. I know. God bless. All right. So, anyway, back to this research. And I came in, I heard you guys talking about efficiency of crews. And where I had left this, and I don't know, I'd have to go back and listen, because I, like, fully disconnected. I didn't want him to have any reason uh, to say I was on the phone or anything. But... The, the question comes down to this, this $100. This $100 for you, Bubba, and I hate to kind of pick back up because I'm sure you addressed it. The $100 for this skin for you is providing you two-thirds of the capability of the Hydra now on ore. And this is where I, I believe that this skin does potentially have value to some players, Bubba. And I know you and I discussed it privately, and we even mentioned it on the air. To you, it wouldn't, because what do you also have? You don't have just the Hydra, but you also have the Ore Miner, which is the, I think, the Vortivore, right? Yep. Yes. So, for you, and your so, Vortivore might so be tier said, four, tier five. Yeah, so, so to answer your question, no, it's not worth $100 to me. As I said, I didn't buy them, and I didn't see the value of them. Uh, you know, I might have invested in them if they were, say, $100 for all three. Because, you know, and I, and I wanted to pick up on something that was said in the last podcast is that non-spenders uh, or people who are famously low spenders bought Meridians because there was value in spending $50 to unlock a Meridian. So, you know, for me, the value for something like this is pretty low. But if I was a fresh 42 who had just gotten, I, you know, maybe I was able to grind the BPs because please, 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 please do not spend your faction credit on these cards. These, they're just awful. But if I had ground the BPs of a fact G4 faction miner and had unlocked it and said, okay, I'm going to build it because I've got the BPs for free. I'll just take it slow. And I had a tier one faction miner. Maybe these skins make a lot of sense because your bonus that you're getting from the ship is going to be less than 200%, and you just use it on the opposite material, and you're already mining like you're a tier 5. Oh, yeah. That seems to be the target, though. Well, that's true. And, and that's why we talk about 
you know, everything in this game, be it a prime, see, coming full circle here, this segue, be it a prime, be it some type of projectile, be it some type of research, be it these skins, is very situational. You know, it's very situational. And why blindly buying stuff uh, is never a good idea. And I've said that a gazillion times on this show. You know, you got to make sure that there's value there for you. And so therein lies what we kind of wanted to do tonight, Bubba, is actually break down what the benefit of some of this stuff is. You know, the skin, for example, giving you 200%. Mathematically speaking, for Bubba Joe, it means for him about 12000 per hour mined on the wrong ship. All right? What's it going to be for you? Let's take a look. Um, for example, well, I don't know. You know what? I don't want to muddy the water. I don't want to muddy the water. I was going to say we could look at somebody's G3 miner, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because these skins are not available for the G3, so we probably shouldn't necessarily dive down that rabbit hole. But do be aware that everything in this game that has any type of percentage value attached to it has an actual calculatable result. And if you can do that, then you can know what something is going to give you. You can know if something is worth it. All right? For example, let's hop into territory services for a moment. All right? I don't have the list of territory services uh, available to me right now, uh, again, in the car. but. There is one of them, and if I'm not mistaken, I don't know if Iris Jack is in here or not. I think on server 15, he owns the territory that has a PvP weapons damage bonus. A PvP weapons damage bonus, okay? Adia says lost and found, all right? What exactly is that buff? Somebody help me out, because again, I'm not in game. The actual buff of Adia is a PvP weapons damage bonus of, what is it, like 10%? Plus 25% base 20, weapon damage to all ships. 20, there you go. 25%. 25% of the base weapon damage. Well, folks, where do you find base weapon damage? There's only two places right now in the galaxy that you can find it. All right. JD7 says the PvP service doesn't do anything. Oh, does it not? Does it not? Let's examine together. All right. 25% of the base. Now, if we look, uh, Jonathan Ingram says, great, it's probably a quarter of a percent on the net. It probably is around that point. It's probably around that point. But, guys, this, this one's going to surprise you. Yeah, maybe it's 1%. Let's say it's 1%. That sounds like nothing, right? Bubba, let me ask you. Would you chew off your left arm for an extra 1% weapons damage? Just curious. No. No? <laughs> no, you wouldn't? Let's no. think about that. Hang on. Let's think about this. Let's think about this just for a second. 1% per weapon, per shot, per round multiplied by however many rounds that your battle is going, okay? This is a buff that sounds small. Listen, this is going to sound crazy, all right? But, IJ, listen, I have fought you when your team is using this buff, and when you're not using this buff, 
and I can feel a difference. Guys, how many of you have experienced differences in battle based on whether or not somebody had the PvP Prime? Or whether or not somebody had the new ISO-charged defensive research? I showed you on camera the ISO-defensive, uh, whatever it's called, ISO-infused cannons, defensive research. All right, I showed you on camera the difference between me attacking and me being attacked. And that percentage was very, very small. Now, Captain Planet says RNG has a greater effect than 1%. Ah, but it does not. Not really. All right. Yes, there is a gap. There is a range, a min-max on that weapon. But all of your research stacks on top of that. And this is an example of nickels and dimes, Bubba. All right. It's not as simple as calculating 200% to, to, to mining speed because you got to think, how many shots does your ship fire in one single battle? Every time the firing pattern cycles, every round that it goes, all right, that 1% per shot, oh, guys, in a 20-round battle, that's yielding you net... 50, maybe 60% more total damage than you would have had before. Now, guys, think about this. DJ Gurr says the number of shots are irrelevant. The percentage increase is the same. Ah, but DJ Gurr, listen. If every shot nets you 1% more, every shot, every round, not cumulative, not stacking, I'm simply saying 1% more every shot then how much cumulative extra damage do you get over the course of an entire battle? 1%. Okay. Well, 1%. <laughs> fine. Okay, fine. Percentage. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, my, my verbiage is off. All right, fine. Guys, have you ever looked at a battle log? And, and of course, we can't do this easily because we can't export them. But Bubba Joe, let's take your pylum. Let's take your pylum. And let's say that you're doing those rare armadas. All right. Now, by the way, obviously, this is not PvP, but let's assume that it's a weapons damage research that we're talking about or an armada damage research because you've got those two. Your pylum, when you solo a 44 rare, how many rounds? It's, it's so cute that you think I can solo a 44 rare with my pylum. I um, thought that's what you said you were doing. For the, no. the okay, sorry. Well, nonetheless, <laughs> I do them with my group. I, I do them with my uh, the forty four rares are what I do with my. Uh, the, what were the you soloing? Level. What were you? Uh, so I can, I, I can, I can solo the forty two. I can solo or forty one. It's forty one. I can solo right. the forty one with my pylum. Okay. Um, so, how many uh, rounds will that go? Uh, you put me on the spot. I want to say it's it's right around. Uh, I want to say it's about twenty. Okay, I was going to guess 15, so 20 rounds. Now, you're right, 1% is the net damage that you're going to get, okay? Because, right, percentages, I get that. But has anybody bothered to actually take a look at what the sheer volume of that 1% is? Bubba, the pylum shoots seven shots in the first round, right? Yes, it does. Okay, do you... You have any battle log handy right now where you can tell me one of those weapon shots? Uh, let me go look. It's non-critical preferred. Just the damage output, the damage output of one of those weapons. All right. And, and by the way, guys, the reason that I'm 
the reason that I'm driving to this, all right, is because research is calculated definitively, definitively. But we as players lose scope of what the gains are. Or maybe we don't. Like Bubba says, he examined the mining speed buff and said, nope, not worth it. A lot of players have looked at PvP buffs and said not worth it, but then they lose. All right. And yes, I agree with Savannah that says it's enough to push you over the hump if you're close. I agree. It's not, you know, hey, I'm going to now go fight Bubba. All right. Me as a 41 in my enterprise, <laughs> I'm not going to go fight Bubba's pilot. That's not what that prime is going to do for me. But 560,000, DJ. 560,000, roughly. So, guys, uh, and what's the full cycle firing pattern here, Bubba? You got seven in the first round. You've seven, got four, what? seven, four. It's seven, four alternating. Seven, four, seven, four. So, in the span of 20 rounds, he has thrown 121 shots. Ballpark. Okay, right? 7-4. That means 11 shots every two rounds. A 20-round armada is going to be basically 11 shots times 10. It's 100, 100, no, 110. 11 times 10, 110. No, is it 121? I'm really struggling. It's, it's 110. 11 times 10, 110. It's, it's going to be, it's, I'm sorry, it's 7-3, seven, 7-3. Three, seven, three. So it's easy 10 shots every two rounds. Okay, even better. 100 shots. A hundred shots is what he's going he's gonna to put off. Now, one shot is 500,000. Somebody give me 1% of that. That's 5,000, right? 5,000. Now, multiply 5,000 times, uh, times 100 is going to be, we're back up to 500,000. All right. 500,000 extra damage actually thrown, okay? And by the way, this doesn't account for criticals. It doesn't account for maybe he's running some type of hull breach or something. We've talked about criticals and hull breach being absolutely massive in, in battles, all right? But straight up, assuming zero criticals, by the way, because criticals are going to be even more. But assuming zero criticals, he's throwing half a million more in damage. Now, somebody with an enterprise, somebody with an enterprise, what's the round one, the round one power of your first energy shot? Anybody want to tell me? Probably 80 to 100 to 150, depending on the tier of the ship, 200 for some of you, okay? 290, says Darius, at Ops 47, but that's a ton of research. Agreed. I would say uh, Assault is saying 200. That's roughly good. That sounds about right. So let's take into account, Bubba, and again, this is just law of averages. Let's take into account that 10% of those shots were criticals, and your critical damage bonus has got to be probably near 250 to 300% by now, right? You know, I haven't looked at it. Let me go look. So presuming that his critical damage bonus is, let's say, conservatively 250%, which I am guarantee it's higher than that. Now you're talking about 10% of those shots, so an extra 10 shots that are tripled in power. Guys, the bottom line here is that if you actually math this out on a spreadsheet, you're talking over the course of one battle, you're talking probably, probably 
between one and a half and two million additional damage. That is one percent. That's what one percent gives you. Now, might not feel like a lot in an armada, but in PvP, an extra million damage. I mean, and yeah, some of that's going to be mitigated, probably. Well, it, it, some of it will, depending on how much. But guys, that's a lot of extra damage. That's quantifiable. So that's what we're talking about. That's why that service is actually kind of worth it, IJ. It's why your players were winning when you had it and, and winning less when you didn't have it. It's why on camera I showed you Captain Bull and me fighting and losing versus winning with the ISO, the new ISO research in the away team. Uh, away, uh, crap. The away team assignments tree. Or the, uh, yeah, that's where it is. Okay. DJ, uh, yes, I'm in the car, so I'm struggling here. Thank you. All right. DJ Gurr says it's not an extra million damage in PvP. Maybe not. You're right, because, well, listen, it depends on how many rounds, and it also depends on what you're running, because if you're, let's say you're running an auger like I would be, Mastek says he's going to sleep. That's what this was, buddy. The title says research. If you're running an auger like I am, I've got uh, Ash Tyler up there. So what's he doing? Ash Tyler is boosting damage. The more things you got boosting that damage, the more damage you're going to put out. Why do I beat maxed enterprises with Ash Tyler? All right, because of the extra, extra damage output. Mastek says I'm repeating myself. Well, I do apologize. I'm trying to deliver a point. Let's look at something else. Let's look at. What, Bubba? What's another research that people often take for granted? Building speed? Let's look at building speed. Building speed is huge, folks. I know some of the people down in the, in the 20s don't think so. Just wait. <laughs> Just wait. Building speed researches are actually researches I completely ignored, Bubba. Can you believe that? I completely well, ignored them. So back, you know, pr before I was 39, I d wasn't paying as much attention to them either because I had plenty of speed-ups to do all of my buildings. I had plenty of speed-ups to do all of my research. That ain't the case anymore. I'll tell you a story. You know, and I'm, I am clearly not the biggest fan of away teams, but I'll tell you, every single time an away team's mission comes up that gives me building speed-ups, I'm Take throwing it. crews at it. Yep. Speed ups, uh, building speed, research speed, even these things are important researches. Now, uh, DJ Gurr is bringing me back and talking about Ash Tyler and how that makes the research even less relevant. And, and you know what? It makes the research or makes the territory service less pronounced. All right. Not less relevant, less pronounced. Okay. As we have done in our video before in our podcast before about the diminishing return of research. All right. Yes. If you've got two assignments, one of them's a hundred, one of them's a zero, you average out to 50. That zero hurts you badly. But if you got 50 assignments, right, and 49 of them are perfect 100s, and one of them is a zero, you end up with an average of 98. All right. Doesn't hurt you as bad. But it still ain't a hundred, is it? If that last test had been a 100, then your grade would have been two percentage points higher and as we are now discussing even one percentage point seems to make a difference i mean it doesn't feel like it should right bubba one percent weapons damage that doesn't mean anything well one percent so, weapons damage so let's let's circle this back around right so 
um, you know, you said it might account for one, you know, a million extra damage that you do across 20 rounds, whatever, against an Armada target that has 100 million whole health, plus shields. It, 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 I understand the point you're trying to make. Now, I, I think the point, I, what I'd like to kind of twist this towards is, I don't, I mean, I know you're trying to sell 1%. When we start talking about 5 or 8 or 9 or 10% net damage increase... Ooh. That's still a really small percentage, but that is going to make a huge difference. That is actual rounds of damage coming off of your attack, which is saving you on whole health, which means you can go after bigger targets. Those are real, real percentages. You know, it's the, it's the same argument that you have with you know someone like uh, you know someone like Riker, right? So Riker is boosting your damage round over round over round, or the Jelly is boosting your damage round over round over round, right? Um, it is. It is noticeable, right? And eventually, you're so all of a sudden you're doing two x the damage that you net two x of what you started doing. Um, so it's it's it is noticeable, right? It does not have to be a huge percentage to start to matter in terms of rounds. Um, but I don't think one percent's the number. Maybe not. I, and listen, I, I, to counter your point, I'm not trying to sell anybody on one percent. I'm trying to quantify one percent. So. If you saw a 2% or a 5% or an 8% or a 15%, then we can start to actually look at this and be like, ooh, okay. Just out of curiosity, somebody, uh, Bubba, you, you would be an excellent example. If you don't mind, can you take a quick peek at your away team's research tree? No, it's not in there. See, I knew it wasn't. Where are, are those new ISO-infused? They're in territory. Sorry, it's the territory tree. Take a look at your territory tree and tell me, in, in my opinion, one of the most valuable ones in here is isocharged defense cannons. I like this one, Bubba. You know why I like this one? I like this one because it makes me stronger when somebody attacks me. All right? I'm on defense. Although, the one right above it, isocharged deflector shields, that's also super important. But by the way, do you guys remember the video that we put out where me and Captain Bull were trading kills and he only had his at like, five percent and it was making a difference like he was either dying or he was surviving with 20 percent hole left based on whether i attacked him or he attacked me that was five percent damage increasing damage dealt in pvp while defending was at five and a half percent bubba now i don't know if you've been focusing on this new iso research i've been trying to I've been doing a lot of the assignments. I've been doing the refinery. That's a 10-level research that, God, Bubba, gets to 30%. Can you imagine what 30% weapons damage increase in PvP is going to do for you? 30? So, guys, we just said that 1%, all right, on an enterprise is going to be equal to, you know, hey, say what? What did we say? Half a million? Is that fair? Bubba, we said for you it's probably about a million. Is that fair? Over 20 rounds? Yeah, but, you know, these are all off of the base values, right? I was thinking 1% net increase, which is obviously going to be a much higher percentage. A 30% well, that, base increase ser- is... That a 30% service. base increase, right, yeah. So, yeah, it all depends on what you're... And again, you know, it, I don't know if you were coming to this point or not, but it's important to look at the research, whether it be a prime research or another research. I'm sure I have researches that are much higher in level just because I had run out of things to do. 
um, than you do because you look at that and go, 2% bonus to damage? I'm never doing that. That doesn't seem to be worth it. Whereas, you know, I did it because it was all I could do. I got locked at 39, you know, much faster than, than you know, a lot of other players. So, you know, there's a lot of research out there that it's completely worthless because you're looking at, you know, an extra 1% or 2% of damage to base to something that has five or 600% at least. Fair enough. And you know what? And I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you because I just looked up. I'm looking at the territory map right now. And by the way, whoever told me it was 1%, what, what kind of math are you on? All right. Because by the way, the one that I was thinking about, IJ, is Tholus. Tholus was the one I'm thinking about. Does someone want to tell me what the, what the buff is in Tholus? Because that's the one I was talking about. And Bubba, it's a 100% base weapon damage increase for all ships. 100! By the way, well, they have both. All right, it's, it's a two-parter because it's a three-tier system. So it's 50 and then 50 for the advanced. But now, Bubba, now we're talking 100%. You going to tell me that that don't matter? 100%? Yeah, 100% is pretty big. It's pretty big. I'm not going to tell you that 100% to base is not going to matter because 100% to base is going to be an appreciable percentage to net. So, yes, it is yeah, going to matter. That's pretty big. And by the way, they, they weren't wrong. Uh, Adia is the one for PvP. But by the way, it even, Bubba, is not 1%. It's 25%. Okay? 25%. Now, I think where we got the 1% is that we were figuring it to be about a 1% net. All right, about a 1% net, possibly, but still 25%. All right, and, and here's where you figure it out, folks. Open up your ship management screen, okay? Everybody can do it. This is simple, easy math, super easy math. Open up your ship management screen and go on over to your weapons. And if I'm not mistaken, golly, I wish Ripper were here right now. But I am 98% certain, someone correct me if I'm wrong, Bubba, I am 98% certain that if you click on a weapons component in your ship management screen, that that does, in fact, actually show you base value. Somebody, hey, look on stfc.space. Bubba, are you in front of a computer? Because I'm not. Uh, you? I, I mean, I've got my phone in my hand, so that's kind okay, of cool. computer. There you go. Look on, sorry, see, dinosaur over here. Hey, could you log on to your Windows 98 PC, please? <laughs> All right, I got SPST stop space. Where do you want me? All right, take a look at the USS Discovery, just for example, because I've, I've got my Discovery pulled up. Take a look at the Discovery, go to Tier 9, and tell me the weapons range, because we know the STFC.space is using base values. Tell me the weapons range of the pulsed phaser, the energy weapon at Mark 9. Uh, the min damage, max damage? Yes, min should be 4435 and max yep. 5322. Yep. Ah! Looky there, guys. Base values displayed in the game. Shocking. Actually, crazy enough, that is actually entirely shocking. Surprised that actually works. All right. So that's where you can calculate it, folks. So 25%. 25% to base damage. So 4,435. By the way, I'm on the Discovery. I don't have any weapons to speak of. But you could do this. Somebody take a look at their Sally. Somebody just showed me the Sally a second ago. All right. That's fine. Take that Sally. 25% of, let's say, somewhere in the middle. Sitting Bull just showed me, what is that, Sitting Bull? What are you showing me? That's a photon torpedo of a Bordas. All right, that looks to be a Tier 6 ship. 
with a tier seven kinetic weapon. All right, so your tier seven, 29. So let's say your min is 29, your max is 30, almost 36. So let's say 32 is a fair number. Let's strike it right in the middle, 32,000. 25% of that is 8,000. 8,000 per shot, every shot, all battle long. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? A lot of us were clamoring about Ash Tyler. What does Ash Tyler give you? All right, at tier five, maxed out, he's only given me about 20,000 extra per shot. All right, so again, everything is kind of relative here, guys. Ash Tyler makes a world of difference to me, although now, and granted, I think he's cumulative, so that makes a big difference. Okay, it makes a huge difference. But he's cumulative, but he's adding 20,000. TOS Kirk is another, okay, although cumulative, but he's adding every single round. All right, these amounts, they sound small, and, and Maztec is going to yell at me for repeating myself. I'm going to wrap up with this, all right? These tiny, tiny, teeny, tiny amounts, they're small. They do sound small, but they definitely add up. They definitely add up. And so when you're looking at research, there are simple, easy ways to quantify this stuff. You know what, Bubba? If you're looking at Tholus, uh, sorry, it, let's say you're looking at Adia, 25%. Weapons damage boost. And you say, okay, for every single shot in PvP, it's going to give me an extra 8,000 damage. Is that worth it? Maybe the answer is no. Maybe the answer is no. At least you can answer that question. Bubba, your miner, I know we already asked this, but I'm going to drive it home right here. Your skin for that miner can save you 12,000 an hour. Is that worth $100? You answered the question with no. But now you know that it's costing you $12,000 an hour. Somebody sure. looking at a territory service. Somebody looking at a territory service with one. Now, let's look at, at Tholus. We just looked at 80. It's 25%. Look at Tholus. It's 100% to weapons damage. And it doesn't even matter if it's PvE or PvP. 100%. To weapons damage. Now we're talking about something. Now we're talking. Divine says, is there a hard damage cap? No, there is not. There's absolutely not. Okay? So you look at Tholus, and you see 100% weapons damage boost. Looking back at that Bordas, we just looked at it. We said we were going to use 32 as the average. Now, Bubba, on a Bordas, you tell me, on a Bordas is an extra 30,000 Per shot, per weapon, every round of battle, is that worth having that territory service active? I would say yes. I would agree. I would say yes. But so, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend for every single player. It's going to depend for every alliance. It also depends on what kind of ship you're using. Bubba, if we look at a Rialta, we're going to say, oh, man, it's going to get me an extra 300 damage. Woohoo! I'm pumped. All right? I'm super jazzed about that. Not. All right? But then... Hey, Bubba, what about you? All right, your min-max average. You said it was roughly what? Uh, well, we didn't look at your actual ship. We looked at a battle log. I'd say you're on the Bordas, or not on the Bordas, sorry, on the uh, Pylum. What's your base rate? You said your tier 5, tier 6? No, that was your minor. I don't remember. Just ballpark, what's, your, what's the average of your min-max on one of your weapons? 
I'm looking it up. So uh, we'll steer clear of the big gun. Uh, sure. Min max is thirty nine thousand, forty seven thousand. So it's roughly, it's roughly forty three thousand. Okay. So for you, is that service worth having activated? If for every single time that weapon fires, and by the way, this is not just the weapon. If it fires seven shots, like the pylum can, it's for all seven shots, which is why I talk about the cumulative effect. 44,000 per weapon damage boost every single round, Bubba. Feels worth it to me. I, I would agree. 100% boost is a relevant measure even in net. If we were talking about 25% and we're talking about something that's in the 10,000 range, it's harder to justify, right? My my plus or minus of an individual shot is going to go up or down. It's hard to even detect, right? So Agreed. that's the thing. So, but you're right. It's it's all a matter of what the actual effect on your ship actually is. And I, I agree. There are some researches that make this huge difference, and there are other researches that's like, well, that got completely lost in all the bonuses I already have. Agreed. Agreed. That's why you know we, I I fuss about. Some of these researches, heck, even some of the primes. You guys remember when 100%, what was it? It was 100% prime protected cargo came out, and I'm like, that's not even something. I mean, it, and, and by the way, it's quantifiable. It's not even min-max. Like, you can actually measure it. But 100%, to me, didn't feel like it was a, a big thing. Heck, we even said it as a community, didn't we, Bubba? We said that the prime PvP, which was 100% to weapons damage, in pvp at the time we said it wasn't a big deal but golly is it possibly maybe now i agree with the people talking about mitigation all right mitigation is oh my gosh i think bubba if anything has become clear and apparent to me over the last 12 months it's how under appreciated mitigation was in this game two years ago <laughs> you know i mean there's a ton of new research there's a ton of officer abilities all around mitigation and they're some of the best officers and researchers in the game and, mitigation and, has become huge and i think it's one of the most confusing things about this game like you've done videos other content creators have done videos and podcasts and things to talk about you know how important the anti-triangle officers char marcus and uh and kang are right so there there's a lot of information out there but it's still not a hundred percent clear to everyone right it's one of those things that is very much a black box until you really dig into the numbers which not everyone wants to do well i'll tell you this i mean i i i understand how mitigation works but i still to this day i could not do the math formula have you seen the formula the formula for mitigation is insanity i i mean i think there was a day i think there was a day that i could have actually solved that like back in my calculus days honestly i, I you know i know you guys are saying quirky zombie and ripper and they can they can there was a time that i could have solved that um back when i was like you know in calculus and in physics and you know actually like in college and actually studying that stuff right when it's fresh in the top of my head probably could have done that at one time there's no way i could do it today those formulas are so complicated bubba but is it better is it better or worse than the formulas trying to figure out what the uh, approval rates on away teams are <laughs> actually believe it or not um 
that is is relatively straight line crazy enough up until the hundred percent after the hundred percent it's it's not uh there is a curve we we have observed a curve we we have we're not done with all that data yet but there is a curve in there crazy enough um anywho that's what uh i wanted to do today with the bulk of the show services buffs and research uh and how they actually impact and how you can math it out all right there are absolutely ways that you can do it there's ways that you can quantify it all of the figures, all of the data is available to you. The sums of all your bonuses are there. All of the research is available as far as what those bonuses are. You can absolutely do it. All right. And uh, you can math it out. There are ways, Bubba, that we have mathed out why Mackinnon wasn't working. Remember when Aaliyah Mackinnon came out and everyone was like, okay, something's a little bit wonky here. But we were able to actually definitively do it because of the values of research, because we knew what the base value was, and because we were able to then put it together in the Scopely math formula that we've talked about to actually figure out what she was doing and what she should have been doing, which helped us find out that she was broken. Now, that being said, uh, let me see. I'm trying to scroll through these very, very quickly. I can give you hints here in a second, which we'll do. This has been a terrible show. I have been a little bit wordy and a little bit repeaty, but I'm also having a bad day. Bear with me. <clears throat> DJ says the net percentage is harder to calculate. The actual damage boost is easy to find. Oh, yeah, I agree. Well, I don't know. The, the, so the reason that the net is harder to calculate is because there's a min-max. But if you just use the average you know, then you're probably okay. Now, Bubba, that, of course, presumes <laughs> that presumes that the min-max are all equal chances, right? That, like, everything in there, that there's nothing stacked. It's not like, you know, to get your max is only 3% chance versus getting, you know, within 20% of your min is an 80% chance, which, who knows? That's not actually defined anywhere in the game that I'm aware of. I get that this is a uh, mobile game and not a PC game, but wouldn't it be nice if we could download the battle log and actually index our damage to see, you know, look at penetration, look at the average that you're getting mid-max. Wouldn't that be cool? Oh, it'd be great. I've been pushing for exportable <laughs> battle logs for like a year. I'd love it. All right. I'd absolutely love it. But, uh, you know, Jonathan Ingram does have a point. A lot of these individually have a smaller impact so it's hard to see when you do a research that adds three percent it's hard to see now when you do a territory service that adds a hundred percent should be pretty definitive should be very definitive all right but absolutely um a one level of research that yields that yields five percent effect of something to base really really tough to actually see it however bubba true or false when you get done with all 10 levels of that research, you're like, wow, I'm doing things that I never used to do before. Uh, a perfect case in point. Let's go back a year, year and a half, or maybe not at all for some players. And let's talk about the original Franklin and talk about the original Franklin research. All right. That, Bubba, very pronounced, very important research. I remember coming through that research where one level would get me an extra one or two swarm. And then I remember 
you know, getting close to finishing that research. And I remember killing my first level 35 swarm. There are definitive differences in some of the research. And by the way, take a look at the entire swarm tree or not swarm tree, but those four nodes for the original Franklin, you do all four of those. And now you're cruising through cutting through 10 to 15 level 35s where you weren't able to do one. And let's pretend that your ship was never even tiered. Guys, a max original Franklin could not kill a 35 if you didn't have that research worked on. True or false, Bubba? Had to have it. True. It was you, the most annoying thing, is that they had these hostiles that you just couldn't kill with the Franklin. You could not kill it. Your ship could be maxed, and you could not do it unless you had the accompanying research. And then, maxing out those four nodes, just those four, and Bubba, if you took your original Franklin out today, how many level 35s could you kill on a single hull? I bet 50, 40 maybe? Uh, it's 40 because it was usually two trips to do uh, Swarm Sunday. There you go. See how much research makes a difference when it is all, of course, added together and accumulated, which is why officers matter, which is why research matters. You hear all the veterans saying research matters. Don't skip your research. Research matters. No. One level of research ain't going to matter, or at least not, you know, in the grand scheme of things. But 10, 15, 30, 50, 100 levels of research, oh, my God, makes the difference between a power player and somebody who rushed through their ops. And we've seen some of that, haven't we, Bubba? We see, so as a matter of fact, in this chat just a little bit ago, earlier when we were talking about primes and we were talking about how players can pay to advance, and there was a comment in the chat, that, you know, hey, listen, some of those players do spend a lot of money. That doesn't make them good at the game. And we've seen evidence of that, right? It doesn't make them understand the math and the mechanics of the game. Some people could spend $50,000, $100,000 and still not have good research or still crew with crappy officers. It happens every day. You see it every day. Research matters. And ladies and gentlemen, unless you guys have specific questions about services buffs or research recaps, I'm going to leave it right there. Look, Air, Mass Tech coming in with Hugo's formula. I've seen this before. Uh, actually, Hugo wrote this up. This is Quirky Zombie's formula, but Hugo wrote this up for us. Shout out. What's up, Epically Jess? Shout out. All right. Uh, so, yeah. There are, there are real things. All right, questions. Questions, comments on services buffs and research recap going on here and talking in cars with DJs today. Guys, don't forget, please visit our website to link on over to our YouTube channel where we are continuing our push, 5K materials for 5K subs. That is going on very, very well. As a matter of fact, Bubba Joe, I got a video that I'm going to push in the morning. So we launched our chapter review video, which was... Uh, received that was pretty well that was fun i told you i had a reaction i had reactions to that that i have never had to a scopely story so uh that was a super amount of fun making that video that came out we uh so bubba i have been i was requested to find out where Riker could be just bomb dope diggity dog in the game and somebody had suggested, what about Riker on Exchange Armadas? 
So we did a video. We've got research coming out. You'll see it in less than 12 hours coming out tomorrow on our YouTube channel. Riker versus Exchange. Is he the bomb? Crazy enough, Bubba. I'll give you a little bit of a hint. He actually was surprisingly good. Not maybe the bomb, but he did pretty good. Crazy enough. Like, he was all right. Decent. Pretty strong, actually. He's, you know, I, I've done a little bit of experimenting. Nothing, you know, like you guys have done a lot better research uh, uh, on this. But, you know, if if you don't have con or you don't have con max, and a lot of players don't, or even con at, like, tier one, you know, the amount of increase in damage you're going to get from someone like a Riker or the amount of mitigation you're going to get from someone like Beverly as opposed to five, you know, depending on when you've got what you where you've got those there, there are adequate substitutes to officers you may not have access to. And I, you know, it's really important to realize that, you know, yeah, we've had some really bomb officers come out, you know, GG and Lorca were huge changes to the way you could use um, uh, burning and hull breach. We've been a long time since we had someone who was better than 5-6 Con or Kirk Spock Con, because those are officers that have been out for a long time. And, and while Riker's not better, he's at least in the conversation of someone who's going to boost enough damage to make you relevant against an armada. And I think that's, that's an important discussion. It, it really is, actually. And that was part of the discussion that I was thinking about uh, when making this video is that, you know, listen, as you say, con, all right, it took a lot of us a long time to max con. Think about the player who joined the game because TNG launched, all right? They might be a level 20 or a level 25 today. Or think about somebody who joined the game when TOS launched. They might be, they might be a 25 or a 30 today. Are they going to have a max con in six months? No, sure aren't. Okay, heck, they would be lucky to have a maxed Kirk and a maxed Spock, right? They're going to be lucky in six months in this game to have Max Kirk and Max Spock. They probably won't. So when you look at some of these new officers that are coming into the game, you know, Bubba, we were talking during the, the art grading session about how it kind of, not till very late, but it kind of became apparent that the Meridian, for example, was not for 40-plus level players, at least not high 40s, maybe 45-plus. All right? Is it possible that these new officers that are coming out weren't really designed for three-year veterans of this game, like Big Country or Baba or myself? Is it possible that the player who just joined the game here about six months ago is looking at Riker and Picard and Beverly, and they're looking at their Tier 2 Kirk, and their tier two blue Spock. They're looking at their six of ten that they don't even have yet. They're looking at their five of ten that they did get a lucky pull on. She's tier one. They're looking at their their Moreau at tier one and a Chen at, at maybe tier two. And now we're starting to compare these officers. Oh, Bubba's onto something. These officers, they may not stack up for three-year vets of this game, but I'm here to tell you, they're changing the gameplay experience for somebody who's been in this game less than a year. Changing the experience it's, big time. It, 
It's an important aspect in design. You know, you were talking about the card game, and I, and I played the Star Trek and the second edition of Star Trek card game, so I'm very familiar with that. But, and you talked about the Borg Cube and Locutus, right? So they were huge, but you can't make the next cards that you make just better than the Borg Cube and Locutus. And you can't make the cards that come after that just better than those cards. You've got to change them, and you've got to do something unique in the design space, because if you just try and keep making things better and better and better it completely devalues of everything that came before but you do have to make them relevant you have to make them so that they at least matter within the meta of officers that you have access to as a player so the three-year veteran sees some value in it maybe for the three-year veteran it's a secondary or a tertiary armada crew but sometimes you've got three armadas going out there maybe it's today where you have the uh the skin co- the skin event going on or an armada event going on elsewhere and your armadas your our, our, your alliance is constantly launching armadas so it's got to be a relevant crew and it's nice to have a relevant crew that doesn't involve con right so so it's important to realize that you know everything that comes out can't just be better and better a better version of what came out before it's got to explore a unique design space and it's important to look at things like Riker and you know picard some would say is just a better version of pike but i was talking with snake eyes earlier this week it's like yeah but if you're soloing pike he actually is better as a solo than picard because he actually has a slightly better percentage so if you're trying to boost harrison or fat mud he's actually the better captain than picard because his percentage is better. So he's not, so Picard's not strictly better than Pike in that regard. Now, once you start talking about synergy, they're about the same. And if you get a double-sided synergy, Picard is insane. But the point is, is you can't just make things just strictly better than the ones that came out before. You have to make them so that they ha- exist in their own design space that encourages players to want to get them and allows new players to have a jump-in point and still be relevant. And, and you couldn't have explained that any better. I mean, that, that's perfect. And, and why, you know, it's easy sometimes. Oh, God, good old Scopely. It's easy to throw off on them because, you know, they do make some bonehead decisions. And, and sometimes things we look at and they're like, oh, my God, you know, like a grade schooler could have thought about this in a better way. Sometimes. All right. But then other times, other times I take a step back and I'm like, okay. We are, in fact, dealing with a multi-hundred million dollar company. We probably, Bubba, do actually have at least some people somewhere, probably in design or engineering, that actually write things decently well. You know, when we look at, for example, the Franklin A uh, mechanic, or at least the long-term mechanic of Franklin A, we look at the Meridian and how it wasn't just a gimme, you know, of course, Meridian notwithstanding for Bubba. But then we look at, at some of these officers, and we say, okay, you know, like Data, for example. He ain't nothing. He ain't good. He has to be with Picard. Like, it's like the Kirk and Spock. And is anybody shocked by that? Is anybody literally surprised that Data requires Picard? I mean, narratively, Bubba. It's beautiful. You know, I've said this before. Like, I look at certain things. Like, I look at mathematics and I look at mechanics like, like art. You know, when I can see logic and I can see, you know, subtlety and when I can see, you know, narrative logic, you know, or, or, or narrative support, 
Like, it means a lot to me. It's art to me. It, it's beautiful and magic to me. The fact that Data is nothing without Picard, to me, it's gorgeous. And by the way, Data is a beast with Picard, especially once you get him tiered up. All right, it, there's no way around it. He's going to be dope. All right, with Picard, he's going to be, he's going to be daggone. He'll be scratching at the at the heels of 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 six of ten. All right, you watch it, Spock. You're right, Divine. Spock needs Kirk. Same kind of thing. You know that was beautiful three years ago. This is beautiful today. So. There are there are some things going on over at Scopely Design, Bubba, that sometimes we miss out on, but other times you have to take a minute and look like you just did, and you look at this crew, not just for the three-year players, but for the three-month players, and you're like, dang, kind of makes a little bit of sense, right? A little bit. All right. Crazy says, I think the phrase, once you get them teared up, should be stricken from the language until get them teared up is actually feasible. Oh, you guys are being dramatic. Listen, again, we lack a plan. That is all we lack, okay? We lack a plan that we know of. There is zero examples. Well, that's arguable. Let me take that back. There are very few examples of something being locked away forever and still to this day. That, that should be available. Like, I'm not going to put ship skins in that because they're only five, they're six months old now. So they may just not want to put those things out there yet. And Lorca, he's only seven months old. I would say probably the Shakedown crew, right? And Harrison. And, Can you talk about Tal? And, no, because Tal's technically still <laughs> broken. Technically, he's still broken. Broken. So <laughs> there, I was going to say zero examples. There's actually a couple. There's a couple examples, Scopely, but really there's nothing. Uh, well, very. Okay. 95% of the content of this game has eventually, <laughs> has eventually presented. All right. In, in due time. You're right. Harrison is definitely one. All right. I'm not counting Tal. You know, Tal's l- actually literally he's broken. Okay, so he's not coming back until they develop a fix, if ever. Um, yeah. But the, the Shakedown yeah. crew is definitely one. I'm good with it, that it, and the Harrison. It, it's, it's unfortunate, right? Because the ability that Tal is trying to do is a very nice design space to try and go. The problem is, is the way the game interprets the design space is a problem. And that's why he's a problem. That's why he's never come back, right? Um. So I don't know how much if you want to talk about it at all, and I can stop right there. But that's, and, that's yeah, not issue. really. Yeah, not really. I don't want to draw a, a ton of attention to that. But there, there are things. I mean, Ripper and I've had this discussion. There's ways that you can fix it. You know, there there are. There's there's things that you can do to him tactically that that solve the problem. Um, but you know, it's just been one of those things that that Scopely hasn't given a great deal of attention to. So, uh, anywho, all right, but. but- Every episode could not be about officer acquisition because it could be every episode could be about officer, but that will get old very quickly. It would get boring. So what we'll do with that is we'll pause right there. We will admire or dislike the design beauty of the TNG crew. Let, you know what? Let me, let me ask you one last question. Just one last question, Bubba, because I feel objectively speaking 
I feel like the TNG crew is the best crew as far as like a specialty arc that's been introduced, call me crazy, since the Borg. I think it's better than Outlaw. I think it's better than Discovery. I think it's better than the Mirror Discovery. I think it's better than TOS. I feel like the TNG crew, power-wise, not even power-wise, but, you know, like, function-wise, is the best crew that's been released since Borg. Call me crazy. Well, it is, well, that's that's a good point. It's more accessible. Um, You know, I, I think... So for me, it's really hard to pull away from Discovery. Now, what I will say is that the TNG crew is definitely more generic, right? Because if you're not trying to trigger burning, then you don't care about GG. If you're not trying to regularly tr- trigger hole breach, then you don't necessarily care about Lorca. Um, and then you've got the, p- the officers that help reduce the cost of summoning. You've got the officers that help with isogen mining. I mean... I have I struggle to find an officer in that maybe Tilly, but other than Tilly, I'm trying to find an I'm trying to remember an officer in Discovery that is just not relevant in some fashion, whether it be on the Discovery to help reduce summoning, help with mining, trigger burning, trigger hull brains. There's just so many things going on there, and and at some point or another, I think I've used all of them. Um, TNG's right there though, I, I, and, and I know people. I'm sure they're going off the check. What about Wesley? I'm telling you, when we get the event store, I'm going to show you Wesley. But don't, everyone please, else I'm begging is, you, don't is do it. easily relevant. <laughs> I'm begging you, please don't do it. Uh, by the way, by the way, I will agree. Obviously, you guys know that, you know, GG, Ash, and Khan are my primary PvP crew. Like, that is who I use. If I'm going for the biggest target... And PvP that I can, that's my crew. So I do, obviously, see a great deal of value in the Discovery crew. I just look at Picard and his abilities, and I look at uh, you know, Riker and Jordy, you know, loot bonus and anti-faction, and we look at Beverly, who's, who's got the capability of, of being almost as good as 5 of 10, who's the best officer in the game, arguably. And, and you know... I just look at these guys and I'm like, man, what a well-rounded, diverse, and yet fully integrated crew. They're pretty damn good, you know? Um, and I'm not taking anything away from TOS Uhura. You know what? I love her, too. Her and TOS Kirk. I think they're fantastic. I think they're, for me, they're a little bit more narrow in their use. All right, but they're still great PvP. I just... You know, and of course, I'm seeing a lot of people talk about Lorca and Killy. You know, a lot of people talking about that in the Discovery crew. So, really good. Go ahead, Bubba. So, but who else are you using out of TOS? Out of those two, are you using Spock? No. Are you using McCoy? Are you? I mean, so right. And so, you know, TNG. Like, you know, I'm not using Data right now, but I know I'm going to. I see his potential. I'm not using Riker on a lot of things right now. I am using Jordy. I'll tell you, I'm using Jordy when I drop down and do G3 Armadas. And I, yeah, me too. I, I, I use Jordy I all day my today. Or whatever. Um, you know, because I want the loot, right? I, uh, you know, okay, I'll, you, you want my help on that 38 rare? I will bring some help, and I'm going to loot it up. Like, that's what yep. I'm going to do. You know, so my primary crew today on my primary Stella, which, by the way, lived in Lindstrom, was Kirk Spock Khan. Cool. That Stella never left 
Lindstrom. My Stella number two, <laughs> Jordy Beverly five. And it lived in Meege. Never left Meege. All right? Because it does just fine. If it, it My Stella does enough. It has enough power. It has enough of its own research that it's still fine in Armadas at level 37 and down. Plus, if I'm running with a team that's four or five other people, I mean, I'm good. I'm golden. So that was my secondary crew today. And if I wanted to run a third, I could have run, you know, I guess I could have run full synergy on the Jordy ship and then run five, six something on the third Stella. I didn't do that today. But yeah, that was my secondary crew, Bubba, was Jordy Beverly and five on 37s. Just so, and because like, you know, my Stella just needed to show up. So I was going to loot it up, like you said. All right. Big time. Big time. All right. Gobble says three hours later, 11 at night, still no hints. All right. I'll give you your hint. Here's the thing. By the time Stevens Aaron is done editing this, it's going to be down to two and a half hours, which was the desired length. So now I can give you the hint, and it's the end of the show, and we're going off the air. See? See how a plan comes together? It's like scopely design. It's magical and, and, and intentional, even though you don't feel it. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. All can, right. Can, can I ask you a question, DJ? <laughs> yeah, please. Are, are we getting lower decks? Are we, is lower decks what's coming next? Because that would be cool. <laughs> I, I have no comment. I can't. I, I can't. I can't say anything about it. But I, I will tell you this. First of all, don't take my laughter as a sign either way. Bubba is is throwing me off guard because we had a conversation about this. The reason it's so funny is because I am a huge advocate. Guys, I am a huge advocate for bringing lower decks into this game. Okay. I think it would be a fun, probably just like one monthly arc. Okay. Like, I don't think it needs a, a big season, but I would love, like, you know what? Cr call me crazy. Call me crazy. December 2021, I want lower decks. I want the month to be quirky, fun, generous, giving, funny, stupid, off the wall craziness that was lower decks i want it to be the stupid most Im unimaginable like just the dumbest stuff and i want a whole month of it and yep. i think i think december would be perfect all right i don't know okay i got no clue the reason it's funny is because bubba and i were just having a conversation about it but i want an entire arc just one month of lower decks and i think that it could be it could be an absolute blast if it was done properly. And, uh, and I think that, you know, a little bit of comic relief is, would be good for everybody right now. So, uh, anywho, yes, the cat doctor, it's my, it's my thing. I want that frame scopely. I want that frame before you ever even write it. Okay. Time to give you your hint. As we get ready to wrap up this episode of talking in cars with DJs, Ladies and gentlemen, I have two for you today, as I almost always do. Well, I always do, Bubba. I always have two hints on the, uh, the second show between the arcs, if you will. And I'm going to read those to you now. Here you go. Hint number one. Hint number one for today. There is space in our base 
for a few more of these. So why not place one in with relative ease? For what this new building can and will do will far exceed the cost for you. Ah, I'll read it to you one more time, and I'll open up the floor for some discussion. There is space in our base for a few more of these, so why not place one in with relative ease? For what this new building can and will do will far exceed the cost for you. Oh, boy. Baba Joe, it's come to you first. What does this hint say? It's obviously, it's not even, it's not even a hint. It's a freaking leak. It's a tell, which is what everybody wanted. Don't even like this hint. Don't even like it. But there, there, there you go. You are never going to make everyone happy. I um, know. <laughs> I don't even like this hint. All right. Um, Stony Dude says, oh, my God, a new building. Looter is saying, is it the market? Oh. Listen, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm quoted on here as saying, like, I've given up all hope on a market. <laughs> like, I've, I've given up all hope. So, all right. So the thing that people don't often think about, because it seems like we've got our max graphically, that I hear a lot. Now, I have no idea, because I, I have no inside information on this, on this hint, um, is another dock, right? If you have four, you could use five. If you have five, you could use six. If you have the full six, you could use seven. That would be cool. That would be cool. I could go with that. Let's look at some of these guesses in the chat very quickly, because I do have one more hint, and so I, I don't want to spend too much time. Um, Joker is asking about a bank. Also, the clueless one asking about a bank. That'd be kind of cool. Stratalorian says a replicator. Stratalorian, I'd be curious. Well, a replicator for what? What exactly do you see that building doing for you? Assault is saying an efficiency building. Uh, El Cheapo calling for a second scrapyard. Uh, JT Bob calling for an, some type of exchange or market, looks like. Stony Dude says uh, some type of uh, buff, gen- temporary buff generator. Oh, you mean like... Uh, what is it that they were talking about a couple of months ago? What the hell was that called? It's in the roadmap. Cons- consumable buffs? Is that what you think? Stony Dude says, I think we're looking at temporary buff generator. Um, let's see. Chala is just saying a regular generator. Caution calling for a generator revamp. Uh, so, hey, what's up? Super Jesse's in our chat. Calling for a latinum generator. Ooh, I could actually see some use for that. A latinum generator? That'd be kind of cool. Let's see. Big Bad Ed says, how about a second place for me to repair ships? A second repair bay. I like that. Um, Max says, whatever it is, it must give 1% to damage. (laughs) That's hilarious, Mac. Maybe you're not wrong. Just kidding. Um, Or I'm not. Maybe. It's really funny, though. Do you guys really think I pushed 1%? too hard today i really wasn't i was just trying to draw out math <clears throat> all right um andar says what was the hint all right i'm gonna read it to you one more time here we go oh my gosh the chats are coming in way too fast i'm like seven minutes behind all right i'm sorry we are the 99 percent, says jonathan Ingram. i got you all right your last hint uh or your or your hint let me read that to you one more time and then I'll move on to the, uh, to the last one for today, and we'll end the show. There is a space in our base for a few more of these, so why not place one in with relative ease? For what this new building can and will do 
will far exceed the cost for you. You know, the one thing that I'll take away from that hint, uh, the one thing I'll take away from that hint is I, I'm kind of glad that it sounds like, you know, comparatively, it sounds like it's going to be cheap. You know, they say whatever it's going to do for you is going to far exceed its cost to you. Bubba, or not Bubba, but Big Country has talked in the past about uh, conversions in this game. You know, like, if you're going to ask me to do something, you know, fine. If it's going to cost a billion Tritanium, that's fine, but don't give me one million Dilithium, for example. Um, This, to me, sounds like it could be barking up that tree, you know, where it's going to improve efficiencies of something somehow. Goat Bear is saying this, this sounds like generators, and I wouldn't be wildly surprised. We've talked about generators for a long, long time uh, in trying to in trying to get that under control. On the other hand, Truck and Chick says, let's be careful. <laughs> if it has a huge promise and Scopely says it's going to be cheap, that means it's expensive. <laughs> it could be. Who knows? That's right. Jonathan Ingram says it could be an epic building. Just like Epic Rewards back in May of 20. All right. Here we go. Let's see. Uh, Blue Mandalorian says it will likely be disappointing in some way. Just basing off average. Possibly. Very possibly. All right. Now, I've got your second hint for you. And by the way, let me just go on record, Bubba. Okay? I wrote this hint. I wrote it. I got it approved. And they loved it, and I loved it, and I was super proud of it, all right? But, you know, I like hints. I don't like leaks. I don't like reveals. I like, I like making people use the brains. Well, the hint we did on Wednesday, the hint we did on Wednesday did just that, Bubba. There has been nonstop conversation in this Discord for the last three days over the hint that I gave on Wednesday. I'm very impressed with myself. Okay, it's probably the best hint I've ever given. The problem is, is that when I give you this hint today, it is likely going to solve it for you. All right? It's likely going to solve it for you. And that actually hurts my heart a little bit. (laughs) Okay, Bubba, it hurts my heart a little bit. You guys are really smart. I never expected you to go as far and in in as much detail as you did on Wednesday. All right. By the way, I will tell you, at least one person has correctly guessed. All right. The conversation, the way you guys worked at it on Wednesday was absolutely mind-blowing. So, I'm going to read you this hint, everybody, and I am sure that if you look at all the hints put together, that you will easily have this solved in about the next two minutes, which, again, makes me very, very sad. But Scopely Legal approved it, so we're going to go with it. Bubba Joe, are you ready? Steven Darren, can I get a freaking drum roll? Because I'm getting ready to basically just outright tell you what the next arc is going to be. Are do, we do ready? You want your, uh, do you want your Olympic music? Yeah. I would love... <laughs> oh, no. I want, a, I want a, a buzzer sound. I want a poopy. I want water going down the drain sound. I want the sliding trombone because I'm getting ready to ruin the surprise for all of you. Are we ready? Here we go. Your last hint. Your last hint as we pray, prepare to lead into TNG Arc 4. I don't even want to read it, Bubba. Damn it. 
Sentience and life are mysteries of the universe. For centuries, people have argued for better or worse. But in this special episode, Data argued and won. And Picard praised him, saying, it's the most human thing you've ever done. Ladies and gentlemen, I now introduce to you TNG Arc 4. Because whoever doesn't figure that out, well, you're not a true Trekkie. I'll read it to you one more time. Sentience and life are mysteries of the universe. For centuries, people have argued for better or worse. But in this special episode, Data argued and won. And Picard praised him, saying it's the most human thing you've ever done. Ladies and gentlemen, there you go. (laughs) I can't even, I can't say anything. I can't say anything, Bubba. Can't comment. I can't have fun with it. Well, sure you can. You're just not going to. I can't. I literally can't. I mean, (laughs) that was legally approved by Scopely's legal department. Anything else I say is a violation of NDA. <laughs> so, so I have done. Listen, you know what we could do? What we could do is I just go ahead and say goodnight. And we'll let, we'll let Bubba steer the conversation for maybe 10 or 15 more minutes on what this means for TNG Arc 4. But I just can't be involved. I can't be involved. So should we do that? Should I just go ahead and say pieces? And let Bubba Joe take over from here. Sounds great to me. Hi, DJ. <laughs> Tracking Chick says, all right, get out. Oh, throwing you out. Yep, I'm gone. <laughs> you, guys, you guys are excited to talk about this. So with that, I'm going to say thank you guys for hanging out with me. My name is Ultimate DJs, and this has been Talking in Cars with DJs uh, here on a Sunday night as we prepare for TNG Arc 4. With that, I'm going to invite you to our website. I'm going to invite you to check out our YouTube channel. I'm going to invite you to join our patron program at a level of $5 or more a month. I'd like to say thank you so very, very much to all of our gold patrons. Thank you, guys. You make me go warm, wubble, wubble inside inside my chest. Thank you for the warm and fuzzies. Appreciate you guys helping keep the lights on. Those are our gold patrons. Our website is uh, TalkingTrekSTFC.online, TalkingTrekSTFC.online. Monday morning, a hint, or not a hint, sorry, a video on our YouTube, Riker versus Exchange. We're going to break that down for you. And then, of course, Tuesday morning, 4 a.m. Eastern, bright and early, we will have a video ready to go Tuesday morning. And I can tell you, you're not going to want to miss it. It is super duper great and fantastic and you're definitely not going to want to miss it. Plus, continue to subscribe and push us towards that 5K mark. We can absolutely do it this month. I know we can. You can help make it possible. My name is Ultimate DJs. I'm your friendly neighborhood cat person. Don't go anywhere. I'm saying goodbye, but it sounds like Truck and Chick and Bubba Joe have a lot to talk about. Talking in cars with DJs, part two continues right now. Good night, everybody. Love you, mean it. See you later. Bye-bye.